Hello, Annie Trenders. I think I still call you that. I was listening to some old podcast episodes, and that's how we all seem to name our listeners. Uh, hello, listeners. Hello, viewers. If for some reason you're viewing this. Hello, uh, my darlings. <laughs> hello, my ragtime gal. Is that the... I don't, I don't... It's a show tune that I'm not familiar with. But uh, welcome to uh, the regularly scheduled Anime Trending Podcast, and... If that sounds like a weird emphasis for you, it's because clearly you haven't listened to our bonus episode that just came out. As a matter of fact, it came out the day that we are recording. Um, so you should go check that out. It's very fun. It has a special guest. And uh, and with that out of the way, let's do some introductions. Uh, hello again, everybody. It's James, your host. And this week, due to a slight tech issue... I am represented not as a handsome train man, but as a very round bird. And joining me this week, I have two of our podcast regulars. Hi, everyone. This is Gracie jumping back and forth between Girl Taku and the regular podcast. And... Hi, I am your uh, oh-so-regular host who hasn't been on in, I don't know how many episodes now? I, f- I feel like it's been a month, probably, <laughs> since I've been on, but... Uh, Saying it's been a month is kind of weird, though, because we only record, like, every two weeks, so a month <laughs> is two episodes. But we also happened to record several in the past few weeks. Like you said, there was at least one bonus, and I know I missed... That's true. ...a few. It- it- it's been a while, is the point, but um, it's Medi. I never said my name. Hello. Hello. We're so-, we're so glad to have both of you. But yeah, so it's... I, I actually am very bad at keeping track of weeks. What week of the fall season is it? Is it still, like, week one? Is it week two? How do we dictate? It's, Hold on. It, it's, it's fall? Yeah, or it's considered fall season. <laughs> oh, it's anime. the fall season. I'm joking. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> well, um, we are in our second full week of October, but if we're going to count October 1st, which happens on a Friday, it's technically third week, so it depends on how you want to, you know. It's the it's the second full week of October, yes. uh, and you can tell that it's October because I am wearing lined pants. Oh, because it's cold already. <laughs> yeah, I, I was very concerned that we were just going to let that linger. I I uh, really was waiting for an elaboration. Gracie well, said. okay, I don't know. it was because I was trying to compute it because it's still like eighty degrees out here. So. Yeah. Wow. So um. And we'll we'll talk about geography later because uh, in one of the shows there is a map that is on screen and I really want to talk about it even though it's only there for like five seconds. Uh, but yeah, it is uh, very funny. The last farmer's market of the calendar year for me in where I am located, and this is a fun geo-guessing game if you want to figure out where I am. Uh, His address the last will be farm- in the description. Clearly. Uh, the last email. farmer's... Yeah, it'll be our it'll be our mailing address if you want to send things. Uh, none of you will ever want to send things. Why on earth would you want to do that? Uh, I can't even tell if you listen to this podcast other than that I get to see the Podbean numbers because nobody likes any of the tweets I put on the Twitter or replies <laughs> to any of them. I put out a desperate plea for engagement in the most recent one, uh, and so we'll see if that pans out. But anyways, the last farmer's market was last weekend, and then almost as if, like the climate or the weather has just saw that it was the last one it immediately started getting to be like low 40s upper 30s at night now uh fahrenheit mind you you celsius people uh i don't uh math is hard and i don't know it uh 
what two or three degrees Celsius, I think, is the correct uh, four degrees Celsius. I don't know, bad with numbers. I just know uh, a few forty is hot and zero is cold, and I work in between there. Uh, zero is freezing, my guy. <laughs> it is. I said it was cold. I am not wrong. Yeah. No, I think the the rough estimation, if I remember correctly, if you are converting from Celsius to Fahrenheit, is multiply by two and add thirty. Or sorry, add thirty-two. Um, so I guess then, yeah, it would be like three or four degrees Fahrenheit or not Fahrenheit, three or four degrees Celsius at night now, uh, which was in stark contrast to last week. So, uh, I now, today I'm wearing lined pants. Yesterday in the morning I was wearing lined pants. Uh, my landlord came and sent out an email going, I've decided, I've, I've turned on the heat in the building. Please do not leave your windows open overnight. Uh, so it's that time of year. It's fall. It's fall. It's not winter yet, because winter is when it snows, as opposed to when it gets cold. You guys get snow in the winter? Yes, I live in a place with seasons, which was something that I was, con- well, not constantly, but something that got brought up a lot when I first uh, moved out here and was talking with people, and they're like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from California. Uh, and they're like, oh, welcome, we have seasons here. And I went, you seem very proud of that, but let's be perfectly honest. I'm pretty sure you would also like to be in a place where the coldest thing is 50 degrees. <laughs> well, I mean, that's where I'm at as well, but then the hottest is reaching 100, so... <laughs> I mean, 100 isn't even hot anymore. Like, you have to be... I 100 is warm, yeah, but when you are, like, when you're routinely breaking, like, 106 over the summer, like, ab- above 110 is hot. You gotta readjust what, what warm is now, I guess. I mean, with but you can't forget that I do get a lot of humidity, so the 100 feels a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair point. Anyway, uh, it's fall, is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad you're enjoying the season, if nothing else. <laughs> it uh, It's nice. I am looking forward to getting to dress up a little bit. Because, you know, when it's hot outside, you're kind of restricted to at least as a guy for me uh i am restricted to basically a t-shirt and shorts um but when when fall comes i get to break out like my fun jackets and my neat little hats and my scarves and my gloves and i get to dress up all fun uh the weird part though is that because i am from a warmer climate uh i'm doing this way before everybody else so i'm like biking i'm riding my electric moped uh wearing like a puffy jacket and gloves and a beanie and people are still in t-shirts and shorts. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, long story short, it's getting cold. I'm wearing lined pants. These are amazing, by the way. They're all, like, fuzzy and and great, and they keep my legs warm. And they're also work pants at the same time, like heavy-duty duck canvas on the outside. Uh, so it means that when I feel like it and want to cosplay as a lumberjack i can just go outside into the woods wearing these and still stay warm <sighs> but enough about me uh let's talk about the fall i almost called it the fall 2020 season the fall 2021 season it's the first impressions podcast not that you could tell yeah not that you could tell by our seven minute intro about the weather um we'll just call that the icebreaker so it's the fall 2021 season and while we would normally have a chart check there's no chart for us to check. That's how it was a fresh and new it is. Forecast instead. <laughs> yeah, it was the weather. The weather report. Um, 
That's a JoJo character, right? It is a JoJo, JoJo character in the upcoming I, part. Yeah. yeah. Weather Report. I, I genuinely wonder if they're going to change that name, though. Because, like, yes, Weather Report is the name of a band. But it is also just a generic well, they, they, thing. They did change the name. In the trailer, it was Weather Forecast. Ugh. Weather Forecast! <laughs> it's the worst. Like, I understand that you're trying to avoid getting sued out of existence by bands that exist. But when a band decides to name itself after a thing that exists in real life, you are just asking for trouble. Okay, well, JoJo's isn't out yet, but let's talk about what is out, at least. What have I want to get seen? one more point in, though. <laughs> Sorry, one more thing about JoJo's uh, and band names. There's a band called Kansas. I bring this up because I was listening to a, uh, some Bang Dring music. I promise this is more anime-related. Uh, but there's a band called Kansas. And are you really going to tell me that if there's a JoJo character named Kansas because of the band Kansas, that you're going to change it to some other state because... Oh no, what if the band gets mad that we named the character after the band that's named after a state? Would that be really funny? Yeah, this is my stand, Nebraska. <laughs> okay, also, we have a group named America, one named Asia, one named Europe. What if they just, you know, what do we? What if they had a character named... There's a, there's a song the, called Africa. There's a, Yeah, there's a song called Africa. So Sorry, Africa, you don't get a full character, band. Name a character, Australia, and you won't know which one they're referencing. <laughs> True, truly. Anyway, but yes, as Gracie tried to get me back on track. First impressions. So we talked two weeks ago about the shows that we were planning on watching, like our anticipation. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that outside of Gracie, uh, Mehdi, you and I have failed to follow through on our initial plans. I started just about everything I intended to start, which was not a lot to begin with. There we. I I am proud of you, I guess. Good job. Same question mark. I, I didn't even, I only made it halfway through one episode, which we'll talk about oh, later today. <laughs> not, not because uh, I hated it, but because I was like, oh, we got to record that podcast. And I uh, foresaw some technical difficulties. And I was right. There were technical difficulties, but we made it. Yep. We, get, we all got it to work. So um, why don't we start with like reasonable things before we get into, like, weirder shows or shows that we've had weirder responses to. So I guess I want to talk about, I guess the proper term is, like, Heike Momogatari, or the Heike story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which I know Gracie is watching, and I I think I'm an episode, I think I'm, like, a week behind now. Yeah, another episode just came out today. <laughs> yeah, so, which is super funny, because I think you and I were originally going to, like, watch those together like at the same time yes and then it, but that also means that we'd be watching it like six days after the episode airs which is like eh, a little so uh but i've been most on top of that out of all the shows that i've been watching and it's a beautiful show yeah you like it it's so pretty i mean i kind of knew i'd like it going into it based on like the staff that's working on it and who was writing it and the studio and everything it's got good music it's got good characters i i love the animation there's something about the way that that the science saru this is science saru right yes, I'm not yes, like yes. hallucinating <laughs> yeah the the way that science saru like animates that makes me like ah this is comforting i said before in the first impressions or not first impressions but like anticipation podcast episode that i think science saru's character design and art style is perfect for this kind of story because this is essentially historical fiction 
with a drop of magical realism. And so I, I just I, I just love the art style that accompanies the stories. And I'm, I'm still in love with it, but also I'm a huge history nerd. So seeing all the historical stuff, which is really, really accurate to actual history, I'm just like, ah! So yeah, I've been keeping well up with it. And I still love it. Yeah. Watch the show, everybody. Mehdi, are you watching Heike Monogatari? Not yet. Yeah, there we go. That's the important word. Yeah. If you're not a fan of historical fiction, I wouldn't suggest it just because, like I said, the story is extremely, extremely historical. It's it's definitely a lot more fun for me as someone who recognizes a lot of the historical characters. So when they mention a name, I'm just like, oh, shoot. Like, I know this person. I know what's going to happen sort of thing. But I know historical fantasy, I mean, historical fiction is just not for everyone. In fact, my uh, my roommate's not the biggest fan of his, historical sort of things. So, um, so it's like, I get it if it's not your thing. But if it is, you really, really need to check it out because it is just really beautifully done. The dialogue is so, so beautiful. It's a hard show to promote, though, is the problem. Because as much as I want to promote it on our social media, it's just hard to promote. <laughs> it's got drama qualities that make it very hard to get like snappy, like one or two picture. Yes, yes. Right. Exactly. It doesn't. It doesn't lend itself to clipping or screenshotting. It is very much something that needs to be consumed holistically in in terms of like one episode. Yes. But exactly. I'm honestly a little surprised that you put the the little thing of like if you're not a huge fan of historical fiction, you might not like this show. I'll admit. I I like historical fiction, but it's not something I actively seek. It's like, okay, neat. It's historical fiction. I, I've read I've read or watched stuff in the genre before I've enjoyed it. I have very little knowledge about the actual time period going on. Uh and I'm having a great time. So you don't actually need that much you don't need to know the time period very well to enjoy yourself. You might get extra enjoyment from that knowledge, but you don't it's not a prerequisite. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I don't, I don't think it's necessary to have a pre-existing knowledge of the historical period. It's just a bonus for me because once again, I am a history nerd, so it's just like really exciting to see characters that I recognize via history. There are just people as a whole who find historical fiction a little slow, especially when it's not historical fiction romance, which tends to be the most popular of the historical fiction genres. I do a lot of research on this, obviously. And so it's it's not uncommon to see comments in historical fiction drama stories, whether it is anime or novels or any sort of medium for people in forums to be like, oh, is there any romance? Like, is there any romance and stuff like that? And when there isn't, people's interests tend to drop drastically. And so I will preface this by saying there is no romance in this historical fiction drama. It is it is very heavily steeped in the cultural aspects of Japan during this time period, during one of the most famous eras of Japanese history with, like I said, a drop of magical realism. So, uh, cause just, just because I like to preface people with sort of like an understanding of it before they go into it. So they don't accidentally get disappointed. So. <laughs> you, you put in a lot more effort than I do. I'm very much like, here's the genre. If you know your taste, then you can probably make an assumption, but otherwise just spend like 15, 20 minutes, watch most of an episode, and that'll give you kind of the feel that you need. That is true. Yeah, that's also true. (laughs) 
All right. Mehdi, I've we've been talking about a show, and you have been not in the loop, so why don't we talk about a show that you've been watching? Uh, gee, where to start? <laughs> I mean, if you want a short and easy one, how's that second season of Overdress going? <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can... <laughs> How how do I sell uh Vanguard Overdress season two? Like I don't know. If you liked season one, will what, you enjoy what? season two? Oh absolutely. Well I think. And then it's like There we go. <laughs> my problem with I have such takes on the being so invested in the game and having watched the anime for as long as it's existed, I have such takes on the anime that like whenever I see people have criticisms or issues with the direction of this as opposed to the previous anime which is the fact that like this one is not this will be a, a good segue into another show this season gracie and i will talk about but uh this this anime is not obsessed with showing you line for line what the cards in vanguard do or like the rules of the game and like every single turn of the game the characters play oh thank god <laughs> yeah yeah this is what i'm this is what i'm saying gracie this is a good thing especially to outsiders who do not play the game but i see a lot of people complain like well this show doesn't even show the fights or it doesn't even uh explain the rules of the game no like, i don't need this the is rules. not I a good thing <laughs> it's not it's just not interesting if you already play the game and enjoy it then like Go play the game or watch somebody actually playing the game. <laughs> if you're watching the anime, you're there for characters and story. And that can't be told through, like, a line-by-line, -line, you know, real-time-paced game. It's just not a thing. I mean, I would argue that Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't explain everything when the show was showing a long, long time ago either, and everyone loved it, so... <laughs> yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! is, like really interesting to especially i think the classic Yu-Gi-Oh is like so perfectly campy mm -hmm. that it just and i think vanguard has excelled at this in many ways and overdresser the older seasons too but um yeah it's like in some ways it did over explain everything but at the same time it didn't really get into the details they just kind of made things up as they went along yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and it turned into just not just a popular card game anime but like a popular battle shonen in general uh, and, and it, it's fascinating. Like, I could... I haven't watched any of the newer seasons of Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, anything past GX, to be honest. I'd have to ask Jack about... I think he only what, watched five GX. Ds? I don't think he watched anything after that, either. <laughs> this is a whole... James baited me into, like, a whole card game segment. <laughs> or card Are you ready for your bonus say. episode about card games? I careful what you wish for <laughs> no i i would love to have that please stay tuned um yeah overdress good i like it uh see what i said about season one like in a previous podcast and i may or may not have something written about it and season two and our antibites coming up soon emphasis on may or may not I don't know, man. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Okay, but speaking uh, of a card game anime yes, that does not work, because <laughs> this is like, it's just too perfect of a segue. So I haven't watched Overdress the first season, so I'm obviously not watching this continuation. But I'm just going to read to you what I wrote on our Girl Taku Twitter for Build Divide, because I always write about... Oh, like, did you really? Yes, I already <laughs> I write about... I didn't realize you made the, a tweet. I always write about the premieres of the anime I'm watching since... 
I'm watching 18 anime this season. I tend to watch a lot of anime every season, so I feel like it would just be good for my followers to see my personal thoughts for every single premiere episode. And this is legitimately what I wrote. I said, I get the need to explain how the game system works since they're making this into an actual card game. But at the same time, I just want to see cool summons fight each other. I don't need the exposition. <laughs> so... That's the other thing is I have seen specifically the Vanguard anime and like at some points make genuinely engaging or interesting like interesting games that are played like turn by turn um i guess with the benefit of me understanding the rules of the game that's a huge asterisk there but still like you can make a really engaging and entertaining uh like episode out of that and you could argue Yu-Gi-Oh did it without us understanding the rules perfectly but this wasn't that engaging to me either it's like the visuals and like animation didn't have that bombast just to see cool monsters fighting each other like you were saying but also from like a gameplay standpoint, like I feel like I got the gist of what they were saying and how the rules work, but there was no like, oh, you activated my trap card kind of, you know, And it just kept moments. going on and on and on. And I was just like, please hurry up. It was surprisingly up. long. <laughs> but then everything not in the game was also super boring and generic. Oh, and like the main character suddenly turns badass out of nowhere. I'm just like, where did that? Well, it's like the amnesiac main character, but then he gets his memory back the first episode. It's like really random. Did he takes get a lot his, of attention? Did out he of get it. his full memories back? I don't know. Well, he it's got just... some of them. I, I, and, that, and that's the thing we don't know. But well, that's gonna be the way. convenient plot thing. He's gonna get random memories back when plot determines. He literally it's remembers how to need him. Like, and I think that's kind of a cute thing. Where like halfway through the game, he remembers how to play his deck, and like his opponent notices that too, and is like, whoa. Quick question before we go on. Did we mention the name of this series? It's called Build Divide. Divide. Yeah, I think Code we Black. It. Not to be confused with Cells at Work Code Black. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, it is... We, we didn't provide the context. We always do everything backwards on this show. but <laughs> It's a card game anime, and really, it makes no sense. Signing off, Gracie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... Aniplex is producing a new card game called Build Divide, which I don't know if they're planning a global release. Like, I I might be curious and try out the game if it comes to English. I'll play but it. The anime did not sell me. In fact, it kind of no. repelled me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... The lack of ringing endorsements means I will not watch this. I As, as Mitty brought up, though, uh, I might play it if it comes out, but less of a, like... Less in the goal of the anime as a marketing tool of like, oh man, I enjoyed the show and now I'm going to play the game. And more of, oh man, this anime was a train wreck. I have this sick fascination <laughs> with the game that's associated with it. <laughs> I, I tried to play Luck and Logic back in uh, 2015. Oh my and gosh. That did not survive oh long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, yeah, it died within like a year. Rip. <laughs> the one highlight I have from Build Divide was is the line i should we should just share this screenshot on twitter but it's just a line of the main character going the bread is crying oh yeah 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 oh i took that screenshot too hey that sounds, oh, that sounds like what you would say Maddie. that was like the one thing that <laughs> carried the show for me the bread is crying the bread is because that's how you talk that's how you you talk to bread. He does really <laughs> like bread, and so I like that about the main character. But I did I like the main character's design with the uh with his like jacket. 
because I think it's oh, rare. Oh, the hoodie was so edgy. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> well, not so much edgy, but I like the bunny ears because I feel like bunny ears tend to be associated with female characters. So the fact that it's associated with a male character, I, I like that more. I, so, I think yeah. <laughs> I've seen I've seen too many like twisted, like edgy bunnies, like whether it's like Donnie Darko or what Ginny Tyson. Now, I was going to say, now I'm getting flashbacks to Ginny Tyson, which looks good next to build divide so f for build divide <laughs> goodness there's our roast of the week i guess i i mean look there's a lot of shows coming out and not every single one of them is going to be a winner yeah it's but it's shame you're advertising apparently... i'm i'm just saying it's it's direct competition right now in the market is well Yu-Gi-Oh, of course which i'm not up to date with but also vanguard overdress which i think is doing so well as an anime that I'm like, this is the competition. Yeah. <laughs> I don't obviously think huge it is, bias on my side. Bad. No, no, no. As someone yeah, who but... doesn't even watch Overdress, I can say there's not much of a competition. <laughs> so I should, you know, to, to prove a point, Gracie, I would like you to try watching the first episode of Overdress season two because I think it's actually a really solid episode on its own and has particularly little involvement with the card game. And at the same time, does have a lot with, like, how much it means to the characters and their relationship. I mean, I can I can definitely consider it, because I know I'm going to finish Build Divide to the end, because I'm that type of person. <laughs> I so. cannot say the same. It, though, I, to, to the I'm not end. against the idea of a hate watch with you, because I had a lot of fun messaging you about Jordan when that was airing. Maybe we do not speak of that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Anyway. Yeah, okay, but speaking of ridiculous, this is, Build Divide was genuinely a kind of ridiculous anime that just doesn't work, but speaking of a ridiculous anime that does work, I yes. would- Yes! <laughs> I would like to bring everyone's attention to Garandol. Uh, oh, uh, no, that's not what I was thinking of, but go ahead. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I know, I think I know which one you're speaking thinking of, and I also really like that one, too, so- I don't know which one we're talking about. What's the other- uh, probably Vampire Never Dies is... No, no, no. I'm nope. talking about... Well, I can't spoil it. Go talk about Garandol. Okay. All right, let's talk about Garandol, because okay. I watched a little bit of that. All right, so Garandol, I watched that because it's one of the few original anime coming out this season, and I like to give original anime a spin and a try. And so, and the summary sounded ridiculous enough where I was like, I feel like I could buy into this. But it ended up being a different type of ridiculousness that I was just not expecting. And it actually works in the weirdest, cringiest way. <laughs> and, so, and so I ended up having a lot of a lot more fun with it than I expected. But basically, the premise of the anime is that there's like something split the sky open. And Japan became two Japan with one of them having more power over the other. And the one that has more power over the other essentially criminalized otaku culture. So games, anime, et cetera, manga, et cetera, et cetera. And so the anime just starts with essentially a crackdown on it, on Aki, Aki, wait, is it Aki? No, nope, it's on, it's on Shinjuku. It's the last host bar in Shinjuku. And it turns out somebody has been selling bootleg gal games from it. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and so they invade and basically to arrest everyone and tear down the city and stuff like that. And the whole thing is just so dumb and it has no rhyme or reason, but I kind of like how hard the anime leans into it because they know how dumb 
it is, for example, the characters who are all about like eliminating otaku culture and stuff, they, their character designs literally jump right out of otaku culture. <laughs> like they're wearing oh, yeah. cosplay outfits and they have like crazy powers that don't make sense and all this stuff. And they're the ones who are trying to control otaku culture. And the characters that we first see who who live who work at Shinjuku, they're all wearing normal clothes. <laughs> and so, but they're the ones getting arrested for supposedly like having otaku culture and stuff like that. And that's just like the little beginning that I was just like, I like that little ironic twist, but I won't speak of it because James, I'm really curious on what you thought of it when you had watched it, since I'm assuming it was brought to your attention after I was like, this is the dumbest anime this season, and I think it's so funny, so. <laughs> yeah, so my introduction to Garandal was Gracie going like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, it's amazing, and I was like, cool, maybe I'll watch it, and then I had a really rough day, like, I, I was just like, stress the heck out i had to like write some emails being like hello the fact that i'm writing you this email this late towards the due date of this project shows that i have clearly not worked on it enough i'm dying please help uh and then i had to go to class and i it was just i basically had to take an l for the entire day and didn't even have the motivation to cook so i ordered a pizza and against my better judgment, biked home with it. I do not have a cargo rack, so I had to, like, bike with one hand oh while holding the pizza in the other, uh, playing the balancing game the whole time. That is such an anime protagonist thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, so I got home, and I ate most of a large pizza, and I was like, I just feel terrible, and I just want something that will make me laugh. And so I was like, I want to watch anime, but I don't want to watch, like, good anime that will make me emotionally invested or care about what's going on i'm gonna put on something that i'm going to assume is junk but has also been given a good junk endorsement by somebody whose opinions i trust so i put on the first episode and went this is kind of stupid this is kind of stupid and then i was like you know what this is a good kind of stupid uh and so that's my experience with Grandal. it it's i was sad and i was eating pizza and it made me laugh and you might want to watch it. I'm enjoying it more to poke fun at it. Uh, and honestly, I think, don't tell me you enjoy the show, because I'll more likely make fun of you than, <laughs> than like, agree with you. Um, because there's there's some interesting themes in the first episode, talking about how, like, games are escapism, or, like, anime is escapism. And there's some wacky stuff, like, blob, battery girl, chibi avatar character. Um made me laugh mostly because uh, as gracie mentioned to me over the uh like our group chat like the main character plays the straight man he's like this is all stupid and dumb i'd really rather not and he gets forced to do it anyways oh and even when he you... was like i don't want to get forced to do this she would get all excited she's like yes that's exactly what an anime protagonist would say and he's like no <laughs> so... precisely i, I yeah. didn't realize how in theme my comment was to telling james yes that's an anime protagonist thing to do <laughs> yeah um my favorite thing though is the conclusion that i came to and i don't know why but uh the reveal at the end of the first episode of of who like the avatar in the in the in the robot suit is uh my brain immediately went yes anime and games are escapism just like this anime because you will never have a cute anime girl wife who also enjoys the same <laughs> anime that you do. Give up. Uh, <laughs> um, which is a bit dark, 
but also is absolutely how I feel. So, um, you, yeah, it, uh, my notes here say, Grandal, escapism, you will never have a cute anime girlfriend. Um, that's the show. I, I, it made me laugh. Not necessarily because it was funny, because I could mock it. There is a thin line between laughing with something and laughing at something. I have to say, it sounds like this one treads that thinly. Oh, it it I, it walks the think, line, yeah. I honestly think the team knows, like at least from the way the atmosphere is crafted, and especially with the straight man main character. To me, it gives off the vibes that it knows it's not smart, that it's kind of ridiculous and dumb, and that the purpose of it is you're supposed to laugh at it. Because the main character thinks everyone else is ridiculous. Like there's a there's a scene in there where the leader of like the resistance of the otaku culture, voiced by Sugida Sang, he has like this cape and very blue anime hair, and he calls like the main character. Dude, he looks like a knockoff Kamina from Gurren. Yes, exactly. And he calls the main character, and he's like, you know, don't worry, we will work together as partners and stuff like that. And the main character quickly hangs up the phone, and he was like, I don't know who that weirdo was. I need to block his number and stuff like that. <laughs> it's great. It spits in the face of, like, every anime trope, but at the same time realizes it has to lean into it because they're tropes for a reason. Yes, exactly. Like, it's how you move the story along. It's honestly one of my favorite punchlines is, like, a protagonist who just does not want to be the protagonist and keeps getting forced into it. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. So, hopefully, the next few episodes will stay in the exact same atmosphere (laughs) that the first one is. But either way, I applaud the anime for making a story that is purposefully made to laugh at it, and it knows the fact that you're supposed to laugh at it. And thus keeping me and, as I know now, James entertained enough on a bad day. So <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you've got me interested in this one. It sounds like it's playing on seven levels of irony. Yeah. There, There is yeah. probably, so, there's so much going on, like, both in the, like, surface level of, like, wow, this is a really busy animation scene. But we could probably have a full episode talking about, like, this is all the stupid stuff that goes on in it. And this is why it's actually the most brilliant show ever, because it's <laughs> making fun of you. Oh, one last thing before we move on, because I am really curious, Mehdi, on what anime you were thinking about. But yes. um, the one of the other things that I really liked was there was this moment where it, like, gets quote-unquote serious. And everything looks, like, dangerous. And there is that generic, like, dying animal from the protagonist where the protagonist feels, like, inspired or, like, unlocks some kind of power and stuff like that. And it was, like, the same atmosphere where he was like, oh, my God, like, am I just going to die here? He's just watching this dying animal. And then the art style abruptly changes where it looks like he like awakens some kind of power like you would expect from these types of anime and then he goes no 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 i don't want to die he's like but i need cash so i'll steal the store's money and then i'll get out of here (laughs) (laughs) yeah priorities okay but yes what were that's like my little spiel on god and doll it's just it was such a surprise for me in a a delightful way that i'm just like this is the dumbest anime of the season and it's the kind of dumb that's a good dumb but that sounds like absurd that's fun to laugh at i thought we were going into absurd that is like extremely campy but takes itself seriously and is actually super fun and engaging 
despite how silly it is. And that was, uh, how do you say this? Tact dot op destiny. Oh, uh, that's that's a t a k t dot op destiny. Yeah, tact. Well, it's it's a play on um a musical compositions because a lot yeah, of yeah. So op op dot in lowercase sense like opera number whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, I if, see. if you've if you looked at the notation and titling for classical music, um, that is it that's kind of what it's based on i didn't uh, my brain didn't realize that until literally like when he's like oh this is symphony number five destiny and then yeah they got, the composer's name gets dropped and i was like oh the pieces are all there okay that's the name of the show roll credits i honestly love this like it is so absurdly campy but it's it's perfectly my kind of camp i'm surprised that you think this is uh well i guess i it is campy in a way, but I okay, okay. I, I have to. I have it's to flashy roll back. I have style. To, I have to roll back. I need to preface this by telling everyone listening that I do have a bias for this anime because of the fact that I play violin since I was five years old. I've basically been in uh, in an orchestra my entire life, even through college. I joined like one of those like recreational orchestra and stuff like that. And so, I mean, I'm not the full time in college because school life ended up getting in. And so, um, but I did do it briefly still in college and stuff. So classical music has been a big deal of my life for for a long, long time. And so I am extremely knowledgeable on like how a lot of classical music instruments are played, how classical music are, which is why I, I immediately could tell what the uh, the name of the anime was playing after I was like oh that's clever <laughs> you know I already I immediately knew what they wanted to do and so I am really biased for it for that reason because if nothing else I just want to say the animation of the piano playing is absolutely insane in regards to the accuracy oh, yeah. and the precision because those are real notes getting pressed to match with the music. And those are even real hand positions, the way that he slams on them or taps them lightly. Like you can even see all that. And, uh, and it's just like, it's just mind blowing in that case, because obviously we're used to seeing anime where they don't really animate the actual mute, the actual instrument playing, or it's not. Yeah, they zoom out to get like a profile shot of the face or a picture from the back, so they don't have to animate hands. Yes, yeah. exactly. Or if they do, it's not very accurate. Which you know, obviously, I do not fault them for that. You know, having to animate extremely accurate uh, instrument playing is ridiculously hard. It is not an easy thing to do. But I've learned now online that I looked it up. Apparently, to animate his hands, Pax hands when he's playing the piano, they found a professional pianist and recorded him playing those exact uh, pieces. Reference footage. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Reference footage. And then replicated. I, I almost it. thought they they like rotoscoped something maybe, but that's yeah. Cool. My brain my brain immediately went to like how everybody freaked out at like the first episode or two of Yuri on Ice, and they're like, "Oh, the animation's so smooth." And it's like you do realize you just filmed the guy doing it and traced it. Like that, they rotoscoped it. Like that's how that's how they got it to look so lifelike. Is because it's literally art imitates life in this case. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just it was just really, really incredible. And I and I love that attention to detail. So just the fact that they have that animation and it seems like it's going to be consistent because that was unfortunately a thing that Yuri on Ice did get criticisms for later, which I thought was a little unfair because dang, are these things hard to animate? Um, that Yuri on Ice got called out like by the second episode it seemed like the 
not the skill, sorry, but seems like the quality slash the fluidity of the animation of the ice skating in the first episode had gone down significantly, but that absolutely did not happen in the second episode of Tact Ope Destiny, and so, uh, or Opera, Tact Ope Destiny, and so I just, like, just that alone already makes me biased for it, and so I'm, I, I just, I already love this anime, so. <laughs> I... I find it interesting that you that you prefaced it so much like I'm I'm sorry I'm super biased towards it because because music you you do realize that you are Gracie preaching to the choir here in Mitty's case quite literally <laughs> like I I Mitty how many years were you in choir several <laughs> I, I several. can't count it was it was on and off through high school and both colleges I attended um, I mean yeah and I've been a trumpet player since the fourth grade so. We understand where you're coming from. Okay, great, great. Hot, hot take, guys. I like music. I bet yeah. you guys don't like music. Yeah. Um, maybe we should tell people what this anime is actually about. It's not just playing music, but it is it's, like it's great musical it's journey. battles. It's like mm-hmm, it's, yeah. yeah. The main character has a like a puppet, like cute a, anime like a JoJo girl. stand or a Pokemon, but it's a cute anime girl, and he controls her with music and fights monsters with music mm-hmm. which by also, the way they're called d2 which my brain immediately goes like okay this is that's just they're just gonna name all the baddies after piano like notes on the piano because like d2 oh is just i didn't think about that but that notes. makes sense i can't wait till they fight the big bad boss g6 g6 <laughs> so when C8. i eight when i saw those enemy designs i was like something about these looks like a little uninspired or like a little mass producible and i'm like why do they remind me of like standard mobile game enemies and i looked it up and sure enough this is a mobile game project yeah it's like it's interesting because it's a whole uh media project because they have because when the anime was announced they basically said a game was also planned in conjunction with it and another thing was planned in conjunction with it so because of that it's going to end up still on our original anime because they it wasn't adapting anything it was yeah, like yeah, they were yeah. planned together but it's, yeah it's a you could say the same project. about build divide unfortunately oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> why are we talking about that anime <laughs> uh yeah so it's just i one thing i do want to like uh, note because I've seen it on comments because I'm the one who uh, promotes this anime on our socials. Um, some people have complained and said the beginning is a generic plot line because monsters have taken over the world and you know there is this particular power that can only defeat it with only certain people who have it. And so yes, it is a story we've heard before. Though in this case, the power is music, which I absolutely adore. Right? And, oh yeah. And so and there's also the fact that like. In my opinion, this anime can have the most generic story, but the story isn't what carries it. It's the style and presentation that carries it. Like, I'm happy yeah. just to watch it unfold. Yeah. It's, it's like so eating a pizza cool and going and like... To. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I mean, my I said stupid pizza comment. My, my pizza comment's gonna be like, it's like saying, oh man, everybody's done pizza before. Putting Putting sauce and cheese on bread isn't anything new. And it's like... That's not the point. The point is to make a good pizza. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Domino's, Domino's fast food pizza or whatever is the same as like some fancy gourmet thing when you break it down into like cheese sauce bread. Mm-hmm. It's about the quality of the components and how well it's executed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's what I wanted to say in uh, in response to those people who have been commenting saying, I don't see what's so special about it because, you know, it's a generic plot. The thing is, a lot of stories have generic plot. We love 
the hero's journey where a character who gets you know overlooked and bullied becomes the hero and saves everyone that's one of the most common quote-unquote generic plot there is but that doesn't automatically mean it's bad because just kind of like in our girl taku topics uh episodes where we sometimes do trope dissections these quote-unquote generic storylines are similar to trope you can it's not just because you have it doesn't mean it's bad it depends on how you're able to utilize it it became a a trope for a reason because it works yes exactly and so everything depends on how you execute it and how you utilize it and there's and the best thing about generic storylines in defense of them is you can do a lot with generic storylines because they're so broad that's where you can put in more smaller subtle creativity such as using actual music to fight monsters instead of just usual magic powers that we're used to seeing. And so... And other aspects, like the fact that this is a journey across America. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Yes. Yeah. Which <laughs> I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love road trip. I love road trip shows and comedies <laughs> and movies and whatnot. Yeah. Also, yeah, the comedy is pretty, pretty on point, I gotta say. Like, it's a, it's a lovable... It's a fun dynamic between the cast and, like... It is... I, I love the interaction between what I assume is going to be our main trio because it is yeah. two very straightforward. Like I am motivated by one thing and one thing exclusively: mm-hmm. food and music. And then everyone's favorite. Things. And then there, and then the baby wrangler who has to deal with both of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's that meme of that mother with the two children on leashes. Yes. Yes. I for also. Sure. I. The the beginning episode of like how we were introduced to our protagonist was pretty nice. Because it opens up with this kid, you know, who ventures into town and discovers the piano. And it's so easy to think that, like, the kid the is kid's somehow going to be, be special. Character. But, like, nah, he's he's just there to to start things and watch. He's just some kid in a Midwestern town. Oh, and one other fun fact oh, Sorry, thing. Southwestern town. <laughs> one other fun fact thing is the protagonist is technically disabled, which we learn in its full capacity in the second episode he doesn't look disabled in the first episode or the op or the um in the trailers for good reason because it spoils quite a bit of like the second episode so i'm not gonna say how or why but he is an actual disabled character and he's a protagonist which you know kudos for that yeah. story oh, yeah for representation mm-hmm. exactly i want to I, I i haven't seen the second episode so Neither i'm just gonna go I. out on a limb and guess it has something to do with the reason why he mad he loses an arm when he does his magic thing and also that weird red thing that was consuming his body yes uh, but um <laughs> You know, that just means that they're they're setting things up well in the first episode. I'll admit, and this is this is going to sound like, my initial statement is going to sound very generic and kind of like, yeah, obviously, but I'm very excited for when the soundtrack to this, yes. um, to when this anime comes out. And it's not just because the piano pieces and the full symphonic pieces that are used during the fight scenes are really good, but also the like, again, this is just from the first episode because that's all i've watched the regular background music is great because what i got what i got in the first episode was here is a land without music because it makes the monsters angry here's a here's a very pretty piano piece cool fight scene cut to we are driving in the car and the banjo music starts and i got so excited because i love banjo music it well it's it's because it's an underappreciated and undervalued instrument, uh, I and agree also to that. it is 
it is it is one of the few instruments that is basically purely native to the United States. It's very That's much like point. jazz. It's one of the native instruments of the location oh. where the show is taking place. Oh, James, you're going to be so excited because there is a ragtime jazz performance waiting for you. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I also enjoyed, again, after the second big fight when they get back in the car, is it's just an acoustic blues guitar riff. Uh, and so right now they've hit classical which was my favorite genre when i was growing up like i would literally go to like fall asleep listening to to the classical radio station and then now as i'm gonna say an adult even though i don't feel like it um (laughs) that that blues kind of that bluesy more at you know american grown music uh that i have so fallen in love with uh so right now it's just pushing all my buttons musically um I took some screenshots that I found are great because, again, this is the show I was talking about earlier in the episode where I was like, ooh, there's a map. Uh, I like the map that they have because they're pointing at the map of the United States. It's got all those red splotches. Oh, I know what uh, you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, I need to confirm this, but I think that's actually just a map of the U.S. interstate system. Like the, the little logos look very similar to the interstate shield used uh, for highway markings. And also looking at the map. Uh, I like how it's just the Midwest has just been obliterated. Like, (laughs) California, Washington, Oregon, totally fine. Eastern Seaboard, totally fine. That's why they're going to New York, because apparently it's safe there. Meanwhile, the state where I currently reside in is just a sea of red, (laughs) which to me doesn't make any sense, because if these monsters hate music and are, like, destroying anything that's there, they should be, like, actively attacking the center of arts and culture. (laughs) I do not live in the center of arts and culture. It might be a statement as for like where the heart of music really is. The heart of American music or American grown music should be coming from the Appalachian Mountains and the Deep South. Which means that like the the and also I see that Tennessee isn't completely obliterated, which also should That's the one that popped into my the, head, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, no, Tennessee needs to die. Tennessee for several needs reasons. To um die. Easy there. <laughs> easy there, Jason. Anyway, um second second comment I have, uh as much as the accuracy of American life and culture is well portrayed, I love that diner. It is it just oozes nineteen fifties Americana. Oh yeah. Um someone needs to talk to the people in Japan and particularly these animators that uh that's not how pancakes work in the United States. Oh yeah. <laughs> the the pancakes that are in Japan are these big fluffy pillowy discs. They're beautiful, they're soft, they're fantastic. I have not eaten them. I have merely observed them and I can already tell that they are amazing. American pancakes and to a lesser extent British pancakes because I'm reminded of funnily enough, I think a strip from Forkoma Starlight, Betty, uh which was like British yeah, pancakes. I, I know exactly they what you're are, talking about. I just didn't expect your brain to go there too. <laughs> they are they are sad, thin discs of basically fried dough. They are a lot pan fried dough. Yeah, they are a lot flatter. They are generally less sweet, um, especially if you get into much older varieties of I'll just call them pancakes or griddle cakes or whatever. Uh, the the U.S. style is is a lot thinner. Um, they are not as sweet, especially if you go into kind of pioneer days where pancakes, if you ever had the ability to make them, they were made using a sourdough starter, which means that they have a much more like, you know, they have a sour tang to them. 
Uh, if you go to a diner in America now and order pancakes, it's going to be a buttermilk milk. It's going to be a buttermilk pancake, which will have a little bit of tang to it. It'll have a little bit of sweetness because that's how people like them. Uh, and you will not be served a stack of six. You will be given three max. Usually two, will, I think at most. Usually two, and they will they will not measure more than I'm going to say for our international listeners. They'll be like half a centimeter thick, maybe a centimeter thick if they're extra thick pancakes. But hear, hear uh, me out. You might also be underestimating the, um, I don't remember her name, but the doll's ability to just inhale food. <laughs> she could just be eating American pancakes as if they were thin pancakes. Well, no, because like, I'm, I'm looking at the screenshot here. These pancakes are very clearly like... Fluffy. <laughs> fluffy uh, artistic and... liberties i don't know <laughs> no because it, it is very much somebody said draw a stack of pancakes and someone's definition of a pancake different let from what james, it is in america let james talk about pancakes in peace buddy um this yeah no this is me this it's a stupid thing for me to talk about because it is a fraction of a scene in an entire episode in a whole show no this but... is what we come for though I suppose it is. Well, I think it got me the most is because they got so much, like, almost everything else is right. <laughs> so this one thing that's Oh, yeah, wrong, yeah. It's like, when like, you get like, a I 98 you did... on a test, you're way more fixated on the one question you got wrong than if you just yeah. it, you it. It's like, I can tell you did your research. I, I can also tell where it stopped. <laughs> uh, my second joke at the expense of the show is the line uh, about, like, they hate the the monsters hate music especially if that music has amazing harmony and rhythm and my immediate response is okay then you can just be really bad at music oh and you'll be fine. yeah that's true <laughs> and then my second joke was clearly these monsters have never heard the like really envelope pushing dissonance is the goal modern compositions that to most people who are wet raised on like western music traditions or even like other music traditions sounds like somebody putting sporks in a in a garbage disposal like there's, <laughs> there's music where the goal is to make it sound kind of Dissonant, bad yeah <laughs> uh but yeah so far out of the the shows that i've watched um this is probably gonna be my favorite i know that hey oh, story sure. is is really really good but uh i like road trips i like right now this this very and it'll change as they get further across the united states but uh as somebody from i'll just say the west coast of the united states i have a distinct personal fascination with the southwest and uh so where they are right now is really neat uh part of me likes to think that there is probably going to be some other commentary on the world that will be snuck in one way or another yep and I'm, I look for I look forward to seeing it. I yeah, um, I'm also really excited. Um, out honestly, out of my 18 anime, like this is the one of the ones that aren't sequels that have just popped out to me, and I just can't wait for it. So yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad I, get... I picked up like the anime of the season so far. Yeah, because it yeah the premise alone, I was like, this sounds neat. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to to the music as it goes on and i'm hoping that the soundtrack will be accessible later and maybe we'll fall into another gotcha hell if the game is good <laughs> i love an english release like uh, are you telling me that i get to listen to amazing music and also fight with anime girls like you already yes, play a I game mean, that does that yes i do um but 
Okay, and this is <laughs> this is where I out myself as a fake fan. I basically play Review Starlight Relive without the sound on. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, so do I. Like, well, it's, also it's a gotcha game. <laughs> it's a gotcha game. And also the fact that the clips, when you're using the music in-game, it's the same, like, 15-second loop. No, yeah, really it's, it's actually, it. it's, it's surprisingly little implementation of the music, actually. It's like a, an aside. Um, yeah. That's why I play D4DJ instead. What do you mean, instead? You don't even log into that one as much. Excuse me, I've logged in frequently now, for some reason. <laughs> <For> some... <laughs> Alright, well, back to anime. I do want to cover this one super briefly, because actually it hasn't come out yet. I just want to be people, I just want people to be aware um ranking of kings the first episode actually comes out tomorrow so it has a bit of a later premiere than all the other anime uh the reason why i want to draw people's attention to it is this is actually with studio's passion project for this year um i don't uh, a lot of sakuga people have pointed out with studio's culture has changed uh quite a bit uh um and basically they've started to give a lot more creative power to the people at Wit Studio on what they would like to work on in anime. This is, you know, why they got Vivi, um, an original anime. And Ranking of Kings has been something a lot of Wit Studio animators have been constantly tweeting about and being really, really excited for. So this is something that, like, the Wit Studio people have been working on and really, really love working on. It looks kind of childish. Uh, it definitely reminds me a bit more of a cartoon than it does an anime. But according to official sources of the source material, it's adapting. Even though the main character is very young, it is absolutely not uh, an anime that's just made for kids. It is made for everyone to enjoy. And the main character is deaf and mute. And he's about to become, and he's the heir prince to a kingdom. So you can see how that might give him a bit of trouble and where his journey might go. So just because of the fact that this is what Studio's passion project, and I and I think just the premise of it with the main character being actually deaf and mute, so he genuinely can't really talk. Um, and I, from what I've seen in previews, even like the, sh uh, the shadow character, who's the second main protagonist actually uses like sign language with it's like shadows to speak to the main character. I just, I just really want to support it. And I want everyone to be aware that the first episode comes out on a Thursday because I just realized the anime will probably be out already by the time this episode is <laughs> released. So, <oopsie>. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, that sounds an awfully neat. That sounds very cool, and I will put that on my list. I was scrolling through my screenshots, and I realized there was one other show I wanted to mention ever so briefly before we wrap this up. Okay. Uh, f for for also like a music related, uh, I am watching uh, what is the actual like full name? It's Taisho Otome. Is it Taisho oh, Otome Momogatari? Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. It's a Taisho. It's a Taisho fairy tale. I think is the is the actual translation. Yeah. I read the manga for it. It's very sweet. Um, and the thing that got me, uh is that the melody and so this is something i think that actually got brought up in uh the staff server uh on discord is the song that she sings uh that use uh that music yuzu yuzuki yuzu Every, she just calls herself yuzu um that she sings is a it's a like a church children's song or at least that's the way that i learned it the lyrics vary I think from region to region. Oh, that's um, cool. But in English, that melody, or at least as I am familiar with it, 
that is the melody to a song called what a friend we have in jesus um and i my when i was when i was a kid and there were more children at my local church that was something that the children's choir sang pretty frequently it was a very common feature for children's sermons uh because it is a gentle melody it's a soft it's basically a lullaby um and so hearing it even with different lyrics just hearing that melody brings back like warm comforting memories for me uh which is which is great because that's kind of the purpose of that song in the show is to be this like kind of lullaby uh and so uh i'll report back at the end of the season how many times i just listened to that song and kind of just cry to myself in my room uh and anyway, uh, Mehdi, you should watch this show because uh, Ayasa Ito is in it and she'll be showing up soon as a fairly major character. Oh, she's neat. Yeah, she'll watch it. <laughs> last time I said okay. that, I watched Jordan. So actually, yes. no, last time I said that, I watched D-Side Thromerai, which... <laughs> Please. Here's I, the I, thing, I, though. I can... I've been watching some bad anime lately, guys. <laughs> I can I can vouch for this show though because I've read the source material. It's a it's Yay! a sweet, inoffensive love story set in arguably the most interesting time period for Japan, uh, because the Taisho era does not get nearly as much media. Yeah, it's not like the most popular anime of the age is set in Listen, the Taisho era or anything. Demon Slayer may be set in the Taisho era, but that is the exception and not the rule. I'm pretty sure that's the rule with anime. No, lately. like name another. Fine, name another. Like oh, I, I know, I know, I know. There, set in, it's not the rule as like most anime. I just mean like that one exception dominates yeah, the scene. It's lately. dominating things, but most yeah. of the time you're gonna get either Warring States period or Meiji Restoration period stuff. Like you're gonna get Warring States or you're gonna get Shinsengumi, and those are like the two big things. The, and and so, so to get something that yeah oh i was gonna say too bad agnes isn't on because she definitely dive into more details but based on what i've spoken to her when we do girl talk or just any other chats the meiji restoration era and um the sengoku era which is the warring states era it has a lot more drama happening and the taisho yeah, yeah. era in particular was a return to conservatism that um understandably sounds really boring <laughs> when you hear that and so that's another big reason why taisho era tends to be overlooked because that was because ironically sengoku era a time of relative peace <laughs> <laughs> yeah well sengoku era was an actually an era with a lot of like boundary pushing things happening and then the edo period was a lot of entertainment and like you know a uh, soap opera-ish drama but Edo period, I don't think it's covered as much Hold either. on, how, how have we come full circle to historical lectures in this podcast? I'm oh. not letting you guys get away with this. <laughs> Look, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, yes, the Taisho era was kind of more boring in a return to conservatism, but the fact that, that crazy stuff wasn't going on allows for a focus on more personal stories. Or which demons. I guess at, at, yeah, or, or demons. demons. <laughs> um, and at this point in time, that's something I'm a lot more interested in. Uh, because I live alone, and I need... <laughs> I'm a parasite. <laughs> oh, I... I uh, for a note, because I've seen people a little worried, because Yuzu was bought by the family as a fiancé, which 
obviously does not go over well in modern context. So I really do feel the need to reiterate this, that we, we do have to look at these things in historical context. And the ages of the characters who are very much children under our understanding today of how our brain works were very much considered adults by, uh, during that Yeah, time. they're like 15 and 13 or yes, something. very Yikes. much considered adults. And the second thing is, uh, as much as it probably hurts to hear, um, buying girls or women as wives is a really common practice in Japan at that time and a common practice, respectively, in other Asian countries too, like China. Around the world. Yeah. Russia did it. And... Like, it, it was not uncommon. Yeah, and just... And and I'm playing devil's advocate here, so people who are listening, because I know you two are okay, but people who are listening, hear me out. Just because she was bought literally with money to become a bride doesn't ultimately mean the relationship is toxic, because that's how a lot of things worked back then. And I do have a personal anecdote to back that up. My great-grandfather and great-grandmother's marriage was enacted the same way my great-grandmother was bought as a bride for my great-grandfather but if anything she held the power <laughs> in the relationship <laughs> he was the one who was like okay you know like you do whatever you want sort of thing and they actually had a really really good solid marriage and relationship times were really different back then and so try to step back a bit and put in historical context and then things will get a little less uncomfortable that way. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even like we have to deal with age gap stuff, which is normally like the big, like red. These are basically just like two high school, like a middle, like end of middle school, early high school. And there's enough like modern anime about people in that age range. Like people getting pitchforks over. It's like, put them down. You don't have the, <laughs> you have no right currently to do that if you enjoy literally points at 50 other shows so uh no it's a sweet it's a sweet show um it also it it's just good it's a good show it's a fluffy show it will it will fill the hole in your heart if you have one like i do um and also i it reminds me of one shot jokes from review starlight because it's that whole like and she's carrying all the vegetables by herself oh, that was really cute yeah <laughs> Um, Medi gets what I'm talking about, right? You get the review starlight. Yeah, joke. this is an extremely okay, good. <laughs> extremely niche comments. I feel bad. It's like just a private conversation between us. That's what these podcasts are. We're cultivating that parasocial relationship. But I'm so self conscious about the listeners, which literally do not exist yet at the time of me recording. This is a we love you, like listeners. A paradoxical to... <laughs> conundrum. Dear listeners, if you want us to talk about a topic, there's an easy solution. All you have to do is comment on <laughs> our Twitter so and, and reply to me on Twitter <laughs> and say, boy, James, I sure would appreciate it if you would talk about this topic or, hey, I think you're wrong about this and then explain why. And then I can tell you why your opinion is false. But <laughs> it'll still count as good. In... Look, just talk to me. I'm so lonely. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> anyway, uh, we are several minutes overdue and I would like to just real quick, because we did kind of tangent, and correct me if I'm wrong, here's here's kind of our general conclusions for the shows. Heike, good. Overdress, good. Talk to OP Destiny, good. Garandal, stupid, but also good. <laughs> Build Divide, not good. 
Uh, Taisho Fairy Tale. Good. Ranking uh-huh. of Kings will be good, even though we haven't watched it yet. Are you telling me we're done already? Yes. I, I, I haven't talked about the funny vampire man. We have to talk about the funny vampire man. Oh, no. Okay, fine. I'll give you some minutes to talk Gra- about the funny Gra- vampire Gracie man. Gracie will help me with this. Uh, the vampire dies shortly. Is that the, the proper title? The vampire dies in no time. <laughs> the vampire dies in no time is a very apt uh, self-describing title. It is a really fast-paced comedy. I just watched the first episode, but it delivered, like, top-notch voice acting, uh, namely featuring uh, Jun Fukuyama and, oh my god, uh, Makoto Furukawa. God, I was, like, freaking out not remembering his name. But it's very, you know, rapid-fire comedy. A good time. Back me up, Gracie. Yeah, no, 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 it is really good. It's really amusing. Um, I have never seen a vampire so weak and yet so strong at the same time because he's quite immortal (laughs) so so it's like even if he dies it's not permanent which is very strong but at the same time he dies a lot (laughs) yeah um it's really good uh it's it's really funny it's a gag comedy anime the opening song is wonderful oh Oh, it's so catchy it's so wonderful the entire sequence the actual song itself um we've got a good Honestly, we have a good season this season. You know, we talked about how last season was pretty slow, and I still hold true to that fact. Most of the anime are very mediocre. The few good ones are the ones you know are going to be good right off the bat. There wasn't anything in particular that was surprising. But this season, we actually, instead of like a majority of anime being mediocre, I would say a majority of anime passes that bar to be good, and potentially even great as the season goes on. So it's a great season, guys. Please enjoy it to your fullest, just like we are, or at least I definitely am with my 18 anime, so. <laughs> I'm going to watch like four shows this season because life is hard. <laughs> Stop being so sad, James. <laughs> it's my default state and it's just going to get worse as the sun goes down. Okay, why don't you watch God of Doll and why don't you, why don't you watch Vampire Dies in No Time? I promise it will lift your spirits up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll get you around will, to it as soon as I get my Netflix. You will John in uh, He's so cute! The yes! He's so cute! Is, is that that character. weird rat that's dressed up like Van Helsing? He's an armadillo. What? Oh, it's an armadillo. Never but mind. he's not dressed me. up like Van Helsing. Yeah. It's just Ar- an armadillo, armadillos, right? Armadillos are one of my favorite animals, so you've sold me. There's an armadillo. It's, it's just Excellent. His name is John. That's it. That's all I need to know. Okay. So that show is also good. Um... Please interact with us on Twitter. I ha- I used to have like a a a little blurb that I would say at the end. Oh, right here is the conclusion. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> He's reading Remember off a to follow us <laughs> oh, wherever you listen to your oh, podcast God. and review us on Apple Music Podcast thing. It helps us <laughs> tremendously. Our editor is Bruno. James, thank you, Bruno. James, I hate Thanks. I hate to break this to you, but we you can't actually rate podcasts on you can't (laughs) where did i say rate oh it's not even in the script i was literally just trying to put in words where they didn't exist (laughs) um you can't rate app no you can give like stars on um apple Podcasts. not google and definitely not spotify (laughs) but you can do it on apple i think you can do it on apple i guess apple's the only one then because none of the other ones you can (laughs) 
Su- subscribe to our YouTube channel, which doesn't exist. Uh, it doesn't exist. Fo- follow uh, our Twitch. It doesn't exist. Doesn't ex- uh, uh, follow no, our it Twitter. Does. It does exist. Wait, we Twitch. have a Twitch. What? Yeah, isn't that how we stream the Anime Awards? I don't think oh, we use the Anime it. Turning Awards. Yeah, I think we we've we've used Twitch. But we That's stopped true. using it. We did our Anime Awards on. We didn't do our Anime Awards on Twitch. Like, we, 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 we okay Facebook okay. Say say your little blurb blurb again. It's time for us to sign off. <laughs> It's time for us to yeah. Uh, with Add us that, on MySpace. Yeah, and um, Ooh, and Google hum- Plus uh, and AOL. Friend Gracie on Neopets. Oh, hey! Yeah. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> follow, follow, follow us on our social media. The Twitter is going to be the best way to reach us, uh, and that's going to be at um, Annie Trends underscore podcast. If you want something that is as disjointed and weird as this but limited to 280 characters then that's where it's going to be i should post there more frequently but it's really discouraging when i post you know tweets that are even just hey a new episode's out and nobody does anything about it like i like it with my personal account to make me feel better uh why did i clap that's stupid uh thanks so much for listening everybody we really do appreciate it uh as as weird as this has been uh, this is what happens when, like, Nick and Quok aren't here to guide us. Um, look forward to the next episode. We're going to try to put out some more bonus content in the future uh, because while we have a lot of fun recording these podcasts, the bonus episode is even, like, more unstructured and kind of wacky. Um, so look forward to that. We might even do a holiday special. I think it'd be fun to do a holiday special. I'm dropping this on my other uh, podcast members right now. A holiday special. Look forward to it. Um, oh, boy. Catch you later. Special. And see you in the next one. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.